The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. So today is uh, is National Paper Bag Day, and let me just speak right now on behalf of all of those folks that work at grocery stores and bag groceries. <laughs> Paper bags are literally the worst, Ugh. having to work with them. My mom used to ask for paper bags all the time at Ray's. She wanted them for her recycling. Sure. I'm like, Mom, these are an abomination. Oh. These just make my life a lot harder. How many paper cuts did you get over the years? No paper cuts, but the bags rip a lot easier. Yes, they do that. Double bag, please. And it's just... It's a lot easier to work with the plastic bags. Sure. When it comes to just throwing the groceries in there, and uh, it also kind of feel it, it's weird to say, but you feel like you have less room to work with when it comes to paper bags, like especially like with cans or working with bread. You just got to play the stacking game. And you're not about that life. You're like, no, no I just want to throw it in. It, it's it kills the time it takes to actually bag groceries with plastic bags it's a lot faster it's a lot simpler um and i mean what white person doesn't have a plastic sack full of plastic sacks you know (laughs) what i'm saying i mean i love it i love it but the paper bags just takes way more time man i didn't know they're they're taller they're taller so you gotta like put your arm like gotta maneuver over and then snap the snap and punch snap punch well, only to punch the bottom right out. <laughs> yeah, the well, Sorry, no, it's folks. not. It's not so much a slap. It's you stick your hand in and you just kind of slap your hand back and forth against the sides, ah. <laughs> and then, and then you're, you know, that's step one. Yeah, that you still got all the stacking to go. Welcome to the game, Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G, and Sage. Sage Williams Sajay is here today. She's about done here. Whoa, she's about. Ready to call it quitzo. What, like two weeks? Yeah, next week. Wow. Next week. What what day is officially your final day on the show? Do you know? Uh I think next Friday, unless you know yeah. Steven decides to not schedule. I mean, we gotta give Friday. you a formal f- farewell. Yeah. yeah. I what? mean Well, we don't have to. I mean, we don't have to let her go. We could find probably some place here in the building and how much you know, money to stay? That's not that's true. We could contract just like, negotiation right here. Yeah. And we could just be like we don't accept. Your resignation, sorry. <laughs> You're here forever. Oh, should I just move for- my stuff into the station? Yeah. Okay. That sounds fine. You just have that <laughs> creepy music playing in the background, like, You're not leaving. You're staying right here, Sage. Are you leaving us for another job? Well, I'm leaving for another place. I'm going to Kansas City. Ah. That's right. Yeah, so my lease is ending, like, the 26th, so I'm just dipping out. Yeah, yeah. Good idea. I went uh, to a uh, local place to pick up some food yesterday, and the person working there knows me, recognized me a long time ago, and is a is a big time fan of this show. Appreciate them listening. Had a little bit of a complaint about what I said yesterday about Iowa State's new bridge. Whoa! And it was 24 hours ago that I mentioned it because that's when Iowa State it was a little before that. Iowa State made the announcement they're adding a bridge to Jack Trice Stadium that will connect a parking lot to the actual stadium. 
and I complained. I was like, dude, it's a quarter mile long. Who wants to make that long walk up a steep bridge to get to the stadium? <laughs> it is really long. Yeah. And the complaint was, well, you know, a quarter mile is really not that far to walk. Shoot, boy. And let me respond to that right now. It is if you're rich. <laughs> That's a donor parking lot guy. Oh, wow. With RVs. You think rich people that drove an RV to the stadium, it's already hard enough to park those things, right? And now you're asking them to walk to the stadium. Yeah. The start of that bridge, it's a nice slope to it. It's mm-hmm. a it's a bit steep. It is. If you've seen pictures of it. Yeah. Now, the bridge, I, I, I think it's a great idea. Don't get me wrong. I think that's smart to have that parking lot over there, extra parking. And uh, the bridge is, of course, it's going over road. So you don't have to wait for uh, you know the walk sign, stoplights, anything like that. Traffic. Yeah. You just walk right across that. You're good to go. It's it is convenient. But why are you putting the donors all the way over there when they should be smack dab right next to the stadium? Right next to the stadium. When when do they start bringing their own scooters and mopeds and the like than to have to navigate the bridge? Is this thing jazzy acceptable? Listen, this isn't New York City. This isn't Chicago. <laughs> this, this is Ames, Iowa we're talking about. What? It doesn't matter what gas prices are. Oh. They're still going to drive they'll, their yeah, two just, tons, their diesel trucks. Pump more corn into it. <laughs> Put more corn in it. They don't even want to talk about electric. <laughs> no, no, no. Unless you're talking about a jazzy. And then it's like, yeah, man. I'm going to Google, where can I charge my Tesla in Ames, Iowa? <laughs> and the answer will be Des Moines. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, my God. That's a great. That will be so funny if it says Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, no, the answer would be a Hilton Garden Inn or something. <laughs> Dude, so I'm kind of like. I wanted K State to kind of pull that because like a bridge like across Kimball. We discussed it just briefly yeah. that, that that would be the one thing that maybe I wanted that. ought to be in the mix. Yeah, like right across the like street, like from agronomy over to the yeah south side like of the that, road. There should be a parking garage there. I'm sorry, I I think there should be a parking garage in that spot. Build a little bridge above because. When there, people are running across Kimball on game day, it's it's amateur hour, man. There, there is a flaw with that idea. What happened? I mean, I've the, done it a hundred times. The, the, Me too. I, <laughs> with a, a putting a garage where agronomy is. Yeah, I know. I know. It it, it just goes against everything that the it university is. For. Mm-hmm. If you were like, no, we're going to replace this beautiful green field with a big giant concrete monstrosity, would it change our ideas if it was made of wood? A parking garage that was no made of oak no. and, and beautiful maple. Oh, dear God, that would go up so quickly <laughs> with the charcoal grill. Now I don't know if you saw oh the day. God. <laughs> I don't know. I if mean, you come s- on! I've seen idiots yeah. burn their own car at Arrowhead. Come on! <laughs> Did you guys see? So Texas Tech announced today that they are going to be. Yes. Doing some renovations. As a matter of fact, they're going to redo their whole south end of the stadium. That's the one stadium in the Big 12 I've never been to, as in either on the outside or visited for a game or whatever. I've never been up close and personal to Jones AT&T Stadium. But, I mean, I've seen it enough on TV. Yeah, it probably needs some work. They're putting $200 million into this project. And that'll include, of course, just redoing the whole south end zone, new locker rooms, offices for coaches, field level and club-level uh, suites will be in there. There'll be a little bit of seating as well for the uh, normal folks out there. 
But what I was afraid of is them getting rid of that scoreboard. I think they have the coolest scoreboard, one of the best scoreboards in in college athletics, and it's the old T logo scoreboard. Oh. I think that's I think it's great. I love that old T logo. That's just like the block red tees. Yeah, I've, yeah. I but they've had you. that scoreboard since the seventies. Wow. Right. Yeah. And now what they're going to do is, as long as they keep it looking the exact same as the old one, I'm cool with it. With them redoing the south end zone, they're going to have the same scoreboard, but it's different. It's going to be a different, but it's going to look the same. It's going to be bigger. If you haven't seen pictures of what they're going to do there at Jones ATT Stadium. It actually looks pretty sweet. It huh. looks really nice. The one thing I was struck by was that the rendering of what they're going to do in stadium looks very similar to what TCU did at the one end of their stadium that's uh, tied to the arena. Uh, it in that you know some of the architecture, the facade work looked awfully similar. I'm like, hmm, a little bit of a copy there. Uh, but in general, yeah, that's a that is a great rendering and. Uh, Unlike uh, at Texas with the south end zone work, there's no vulva to be found anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'll give a uh, shout out to Scott Wildcat, who uh, is um, responsible for bringing this topic to my mind today, because he was responding to a tweet from Kellis Robinette, which Kellis was mentioning, you know, this might be one of the nicest facilities in the conference. Um, But Scott Wildcat went on to mention that the seating at Jones ATT Stadium is not great because it doesn't have the appropriate incline to where it doesn't obstruct your view in any way, either from being behind somebody or it's not steep enough when it comes to the incline that maybe it's cutting off part of the field. It got me thinking about you know what other stadiums also have those issues or what stadiums do have those kind of, maybe not just seating issues, but just issues in general. Boone Pickens Stadium. In, in in Stillwater is a huge issue for objected view, especially in the corners and if you're in the lower portion of the horseshoe. Horrible. I mean, where I sat when I went to a game in 2019 was in the K-State section, which is in the corner. It's the northeast corner. And I was sitting low enough. I was probably in the first 15 rows or so. It was it was so low that the because you know the the stands are very close to the sidelines. It was so cut off, like I the the closest I could see to our sideline was the numbers. Whoa! It was really cut off. It was it's not. There's a lot of bad seats in Stillwater. The other one I thought of is when I visited Sun Devil Stadium in in Tempe for the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl when K State beat mm-hmm. Michigan. That was the first bowl game I ever went to. They also have a similar issue of where the it's just too flat on the lower level. It needs more incline, especially if you're a short person like me, and there's hardly any incline to those lower level seats, it's hard to see. What's the deal and with And I that? had great seats. Yeah. I had great seats. I was like at the 45-yard line on K-State's side of the field. Radio station tickets, they were amazing. Shout out to Rich. Yeah, those baby. Those are great seats. Ended up scalping three of the tickets, <laughs> uh, and uh, got made uh, made rich a little bit of money. Maybe I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know where that turned out to be, but it's amazing how like some of those older stadiums have those kind of issues. I, I don't think I don't know how old Boone Pickens, but I think Sun Devil. That's a just a bare bones crappy stadium. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think to me, it's still the worst stadium I've ever been to. Ooh. And, I, and, and that's saying something, Pick- given that you went to the Liberty Bowl. 
<laughs> I mean, I forget about I forget Trey's about the Liberty Bowl. Fire! I forget right about the Liberty Bowl. Oh my God, that's old, right? That's got to be. But they're older. not even trying there, right? They're like, listen. We construct this you, thing? You think or? Arizona State's trying? Well, <laughs> kind of. I mean, they, they have uh, basically cut the sidelines in half so the fans can enter ground level, like field level, up to the seats. Because really? there are stairs there. There's like a chain link fence that separates the sideline to the, to the stands. Unbelievable. No joke. Wow. I couldn't believe that when I saw that. And then I go up the stairs to go get a beer. It's just, there's just nothing. Nothing up there. Plus, the, the press box... At Sun Devil Stadium is basically in outer space. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, <laughs> and yeah, you are you are three miles from the playing surface. Yeah, it's way up there. Oh my god, you need that new telescope they got to check out anything about the game. That was I always felt, and, and you know, I kind of felt that way when we were in Houston, but you know, I felt that way in St. Louis at the Edward Jones Dome. That press box was all the way up at the top of the building. Oh. How far away you were to have to try and, but I don't know. Somebody did something. Then uh, they put the TV and radio booths at Ball Arena up top, and I can't even imagine trying to call hockey from the booth up top. Well, you've been to a lot of odd places in in college football, I'm sure. Does oh, I've been to a lot of odd places. Period. Have you, yeah. I mean, does anything stadium wise stand out to you about like how did they? Why did they do this? Why is this a thing? Um. The one that stands out probably the most was Portland's Multnomah Stadium before the Timbers got a hold of it and completely gutted the place and renovated because the city owned it and had a deal with the AAA baseball team that played there at the time. And so behind home plate, you've got this wonderful structure of suites and about six levels worth of suites and the press box and all of that and it looks tremendous Hmm. then you get down the sideline in the football press box and the game ops and all of that was stuff straight out of the 50s with windows that could not close anymore because they were crank style and people had broken them over the years and it was just dumpy it was just bad see and and it hung from the roof when it comes to the bill i think Oh, we're spoiled. So spoiled. They've done such a phenomenal job over the years of really enhancing what we now have. Uh, the West Stadium Center is just outrageously awesome. Now, I do think the sides of the Shamrock Zone look a little bit goofy. Um, and the, the only the only complaint I've ever really had about the bill is like the the north end that faces into the stadium. I wish they it just to me it's a little bare. I think they could have done something, but maybe they will. I mean, you could add maybe some names that are going to the Ring of Honor over there, continue that ring maybe around the stadium. I don't know. But also the scoreboard. I, the scoreboard there on the north end, if you're going to have it, make it visible for everybody. I know not everybody can see that scoreboard. Uh, if you're low enough and to the north, you, you, you can't see it. I, I'm, I'm still to this day – absolutely blown away that you can walk all the way around the stadium. That blows oh, my yeah. mind, and it will for many years to come. I'm still blown away by the fact that we even have that structure. Yeah. Because you- remember, when I went to school, we were coming in as a marching band. We were coming in on those ramps by the locker Ramp. room. Yeah. The, and, and as I 
later came to call them the Willie and Chip ramps <laughs> because Willie and uh, and Chip would get into scoot uh, into uh, into uh, skateboard races down those ramps when Cal- when Colorado was here for games. Oh man, come on, kid, go ahead, get yeah. up, jump yep. on that skateboard, yep. and you know how you kids are in a mascot head. <laughs> In a mascot head. Does anybody Ooh. miss sitting on the hills over there? Uh, big time. That's all I ever sat at. When I really? when I was in school, that's the only place that I sat. Not when I was in middle school and high school. That's where the, we sat, and that's where it was cool to go. Did you my, have to buy a ticket for that area? Uh-huh, you have okay. to buy a GA ticket. You know, and, and with me being in band, my folks would buy tickets South End Zone all the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there again, there were the days, at least at the start of it, where 15,000 was a great crowd. <laughs> and you could park your car and walk in in 10 minutes and you were taken care of. Yeah. You know, my my folks barely missed a game and the only reason they did was ice storm one year. But we're here for all the rest of them. South end zone. Got their seats every time. Nice. My parents have not missed a game since I became public address announcer. Also nice. helps that, you know, the sun hooks them up with some yeah, old right. tickets, you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, when we come back, by, by the way, hour two, media day, Big 12 media day start tomorrow in Arlington, Texas. I'm not making the trip. What? Um, but I will give you some things to look out for, what we expect to hear oh. from Big 12 media day. That's coming up at 510. Coming up at 525, we're going to hear from new K-State pitching coach Rudy Darrow. Uh, But coming up next, it is Tuesday. You know what that means. Top 10 lists after the break. I recognize this. Sage, help me out here. What is this? This is The Strokes, Reptilia. It's from uh, Guitar Hero 3, Legends mm. of the Rock. I don't think it was Guitar Hero that I remember this from. I was culture before Guitar Hero became a thing. Uh-huh. Guitar Hero? What? <laughs> Did you ever... You, you, have Never you ever played, played it? it? Really? Never played it. I think I still have Guitar Hero 2 somewhere in my parents' house. I can't lie. The worst Guitar Hero player. I just... I... I feel like I'm pretty pretty good at like you know like I can keep I can keep pace, but like playing the game, I just can't hit the button when I'm supposed to hit the button. I just don't. I just hate it. I can't stand. Just it. not great eye hand coordination. I have great hand eye coordination, and that ga- that game, I think it's in my head. I just I, just I suck, and you just bash the yeah. guitar over the coffee table. Oh, I've thrown that guitar many times, and people are like, don't throw my stuff. I'm like, you gotta bend the whammy bar. This ain't a real axe. Come on. If it was a real axe, I wouldn't throw it. But I'm gonna throw it. God, that game makes me mad just thinking about it. Somebody had Slash from Guns N' Roses play Guitar Hero, and he wasn't. He stunk. He he wasn't good. Because he did the same thing. He's like, dude, I'm hitting it when it says to hit it. And they're like, no, you're not. Yeah, I am. He's just not a gamer. He doesn't have what it takes. No. It's time for my top 10 list of the week. Now, this may be a newsflash for some of you here. I'm taking next Tuesday off because Wait, I'm going to a concert. Oh. You know, it just happens to be the stadium tour. You know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Def, Motley, Poison, yep. Joan Jett. <laughs> well, you don't have to go Motley. But that's also... Um, yeah, right. It's still also the All-Star break. Ah. And so I was saving this particular top 10 for the All-Star break, but because I'm gone on a Tuesday... I'm going to do it now. I think Troy's going to really like this because it combines two of his favorite things, baseball and music. Ah. Baseball teams in general, from the professional level to the college level, 
seventh inning or eighth inning, they tend to have their songs, their routine songs they play. Not everyone does it during the seventh inning stretch after taking right. me out to the ball game. Some leave it for the eighth inning. So I've combined it. It's my top ten Major League Baseball seventh inning stretch, middle of the eighth inning songs. I mean, the Royals are a good example of that. One of their signature songs doesn't come in the seventh inning stretch. It comes in the middle of the eighth inning. But here we go. Let's get my top ten list underway. Number ten. <laughs> I knew it was going to make it. knew it was going to hit hit somewhere in the top ten. Well, you tell us the team. Houston Texans. Well, the Houston Astros. Right. Valid. Deep in the heart of Texas. You know, uh, Astros, I would. I don't really consider Houston deep in the heart of Texas. Yeah, I thought that when I heard it again the other day when the Royals were in town. Yeah, I mean, they're deep, but not in the heart. They're more in like deep in the... Uh, well, they're like the kidney of Texas. Yeah. They're like the small intestine, the I large mean, intestine. The heart of Texas, you probably have to go. Dallas? Waco? Right. Mm. Austin. Well, see, Dallas is like the yeah, shoulder. Soft. Yeah, okay. The collarbone? The collarbone of deep in the collarbone of Texas. The yeah, you're, you're right. You're the right. The clavicle. The clavicle. Abilene, I would say, is the heart of oh, Texas. Okay. Are you looking at a map right now? Yeah. Been there, done that. Abilene Tejas. Okay, we can go Deep with Abilene. Deep in the Abilene of De- Yeah. Because, and, and yeah. yeah. Number nine. Let's just get this one out of the way. Touching me. Touching you. Sweet Caroline. Wah, wah, wah. So, Sweet Caroline. <laughs> Boston Red Sox. This is not their seventh inning stretch song. Nope. They play this in the middle of the eighth. Yeah, and good for them. And thanks to that um, Fever Pitch movie with Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore, it let the rest of the world know that, hey, the Boston Red Sox took this old song, put a little twist on it, and people start copying it mm-hmm. everywhere. And also, I heard a story one time that uh, the K-State band – Decided to play this at the Pinstripe Bowl, you know, against Syracuse. New Yan- York Yankee, Yankee fans. fans went nuts booing. Yeah, I wasn't happy about that. I was yeah. told by a friend who was a cheerleader at the time for K-State that they got a lot of uh, snow and maybe some snowballs thrown at them for that. <laughs> can you, first can, um, say, first of all, did you like Fever Pitch? I really liked I did. It. I liked Jimmy Fallon. I liked I Drew did. Barrymore a I lot. thought they had good chemistry, I, yeah. and I believe Jimmy Fallon is a big diehard Red Sox fan, right? Um, of course, was a little overboard with his fandom. Uh, but guess what? You know, Drew just didn't get it. She yeah. didn't like him for who he was until yeah. at the end, of course. Yeah, when she sp- sprinted across the field. Right, I'm going to jail for you, Johnny Davis. You got the best in the league. Also, secondly, though, really quickly. I didn't also like how he just completely just downgraded the Royals. Like, yeah, it was awful. Oh, you're uh, that, that, that dance there? That, that's Royals tickets right there. Like I was that. like, you son of a Um, I want to know, can you just never bring up the pin and stripe bowl ever again? Please. That's one of those that I just sir, yes, will sir. never. Yes. Oh, I also just saluted Oh, my God. DG. Uh, I actually have a friend who played for Syracuse in that game. Yeah, well, he's a and real A friend work. who played? Yeah. 
He's a pil- real piece let's of work. See, let's see, at the time you would have been in your late 30s. He was one of the guys who then came to Colorado and played indoor football for a brief bit with the team there that I was calling games for. Hmm. So he and I gave each other a lot of crap back and Nesbitt. forth. Nesbitt. Ryan Nesbitt. Man, I hated him. Anthony Perkins. That guy stinks. What position did he play? He was on the uh, defensive line. Hmm. Oh, did you ever ask him what he thought about that play? That the, yes. the salute? Oh yeah, yeah. We got into that pretty good. <laughs> oh God, I want to yeah. die. We, we we got into that discussion pretty good. Uh, Number eight. A little alcohol may have been involved in that discussion too. DG had the right response to when I started playing this song, "Lights" by Journey, played by the San Francisco Giants oh. in the eighth. Now, I know there, there's been a lot of teams that have played Don't Stop Believing, or Don't, Don't Stop Believing. Uh, the Detroit Tigers, I think they still do because, you know, South Detroit. Sure. Uh, but also the Dodgers were playing it until old uh, Steve Perry performed <laughs> for the Giants, yeah. and I believe it was during the World Series. It was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're like, ah, we're going to pro- probably stop playing this Don't Stop Believing garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but the Giants have gone with lights for a while now in the eighth inning. Mm-hmm. Very underrated Journey song. Yeah, just a total banger. What, what a voice. Number seven. This is a staple for Mariners fans. Because this is pretty much the state song of Washington. Unofficially. But the Mariners have adopted it as their own. Okay, we get it. Yeah, yeah cool. It's a cool song. Neat. That was number seven. Hey, this is my top ten list of Major League Baseball seventh inning stretch, middle of the eighth songs. Royals fans, number six. It's your time to shine. I toasted you, said, "Honey, we may be through, but you'll never hear me complain." Cause I got As you know, overplayed when it comes to any drinking occasion, bars, whatever. It stinks Car- because it's so short between innings anyway, you don't get to the third verse. Here it comes. Everybody do the thing. Shout out to the Oasis. They used to be in Concordia, Kansas. Ooh, right on. I went to – Sarah bought me tickets uh, to the Texans-Chiefs playoff game a few years back. And by the time we sat down, they were down 21 nothing, <laughs> And we were – everybody was stunned. That stadium, I've never been in a stadium where everybody's just kind of looking around. Like, nobody's even booing. Just kind of looking around at each other and like, is this real? And then Travis over. Kelsey scores. And then we get that weird bounce on the, uh, the kickoff. And then it comes back and then – they play this that song after the Chiefs have come all the way back and taken the lead and taken the game over completely. And it was cathartic. The whole stadium sang that song at the top of their lungs. It was it was a moment I will never forget being part of a whole stadium, just one heartbeat. It was amazing the feeling that that the, the juice that went through that stadium was amazing. It was so cool. But I got to say it feels like to me Garth Brooks friends in low places it makes more sense to be 
a traditional song for a baseball team for sure. over a football team. For sure. It, it, I think it sets it's more of a baseball vibe to it. And of course, it doesn't matter where it's at. Everybody is going to sing along to it. But uh, it, it's such a classic that if you play it 81 times a year, <laughs> oh, yeah. burn, maybe not everybody will get sick burn. of it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Where are we at? We're halfway through. Number five. <laughs> Whoa, no yep. way. Yep. Minnesota Twins. I'm disappointed that it's not only number five. Well, <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll see. I mean, I, there's some bangers I, I out there you. in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I'm sorry, Little Red Corvette's a banger. Well, I, hey, we're, we're now the top <laughs> half of this countdown are all bangers. Don't get me wrong. Little Red Corvette is great. The Twins actually, I don't know I, if they I do I it loved, every day. I loved the purple jerseys they wore. Last year on oh, Prince Day, yeah, but right. but they started doing it when Prince passed away. Correct. They announced that this would be the seventh inning stretch song. I don't know if they still do it, but they definitely should. Now you thought that was a banger. Number four. Here comes the king. Here comes the big number one. But wiser fear the king is second to none. I've actually played this song <laughs> on the old clarinet. Yeah, which makes perfect sense given that it's a polka. Stupid Cardinals. This is cl- <laughs> catchy as hell. Uh, here comes the king, the old Budweiser theme. Yeah, the Cardinals, they played at Old Bush Stadium. There's only one Budweiser beer, and thank God, because... I'm not a big fan of Budweiser Bud Light. Back in the real old days of the original Bush Stadium, and even the second version of Bush Stadium, you would have Augie the Third actually riding on the wagon pulled by the Clydesdales on special occasions to that. It's my top ten list of Major League Baseball's seventh inning stretch slash middle of the eighth bum, 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 bum. traditional songs. We got three left, guys. Number three. Oh, it's the only thing the Oakland A's have going for them when it comes to home games. Absolutely. And they have to latch on to an old bat boy. Right. You got to get something to get that entire uh, giant stadium, city-sized stadium going. You know, like you got to get the people fired up, baby. MC Hammer. Too legit to quit. I mean, the L in that hand motion is perfect for the A's. I mean, this one speaks for themselves. This is a, this is a hype song to me. Too legit. Too legit to quit. Man, he was red hot there for a while, wasn't he? Number two. Any guess of who this is? Do you know Troy? No, actually no. I'm gonna draw a blank on that. I think it is the Cincinnati Reds. No, they have their own like a song called Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, no, this is the Washington Nationals. Ah, because dear. this was a former player. I don't know, maybe it's a current player, but a player's walk-up song at one point. 
and they turned it into the seventh inning stretch song to play okay. homage. And then there was another player that had Baby Shark, and then they started playing that in the middle of the right. eighth. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. But guys, we have come down to my favorite song that is a tradition for one Major League Baseball team in the seventh inning. Number one. For the seventh inning stretch. Uh, any guesses, Troy? Can you have an idea where I'm going with this? Uh, No. Seriously, the Yankees? No, this is the Mets. Lazy Mary by Lou Monty. You know, you know that scene in The Godfather where the old man is up and he's singing? You know, and you ever seen that? Oh my God. First of all, you've never seen that. Oh, I've seen The Godfather. You know, it's funny you brought up. Well, hold on just a second. My favorite part's coming up. Second stanza. <laughs> Go ahead, you know, It's funny you brought up in the discussion of uh, Take On Me. Uh-huh. Charlie Blackman for the Rockies uses the outfield Your Love as his walk-up song. And so literally, it's right up to the one point where it goes, oh, and everybody in the in the stadium sings it. Oh, yeah. They, they mute it just the same way. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it works beautifully. <laughs> that would not surprise me if at some point, if Charlie's not a part of the Rockies, that they turn that into a song out there. I'm trying to think of the Royals and who had my favorite. I remember Moose. Moose had Crossroads for a while. Interesting. Bone Thugs and Harmony. That's awesome. That's really the only one I remember. That is... That is... That guy, I miss him. I really miss that guy. I was a big Moose fan. Me too. Man, that guy was cool. Well, there you have it. My top ten list. Anything? Looked like Troy maybe wanted to say something. No. Nope, I, I, I still say you underranked Little Red, Red Corvette, but that's just Yeah, me. and uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it was appropriately I, ranked. I, I mean, for crying out loud, Hammer. Well, if I was the if I was the twins, I would have picked something other than Little Red Corvette. Turn I'll be honest turn. with you. They, they couldn't get turn by turn. playing Darling Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, didn't did the Twins not win? Oh, never mind. I'm getting it mixed up. It was 89, right? They won a World Series. Late 80s. Eight, sure. uh, 87. I was at 87. I'm hmm. just like, if, never if, mind. if maybe if like Tipper Gore and the PMRC were coming to town, then you would pick yeah. that song. The Prince, darling Nikki. <laughs> we'll wrap up our one of the game when we come back. Is boy Tyreek Kill. Tyreek Kill. Snyder's in the stands. Yes. Tyreek Kill's at it again, guys. Oh, what boy. he said lately. What he said recently about the Chiefs compared to the Dolphins. Next. I just went on the record. Troy is enjoying this bed more than I am. Yeah, it was awesome. Dua Lipa, levitating. Do you see that? Uh, I'm sure everybody's seen it by now, but the grandpa that went on Jimmy Fallon, who's like the biggest Dua Lipa fan, and they brought him on the Tonight Show as a big surprise, and there she is right there. No way. He's like 80-something. Oh, good it, for it's, him. It's video. It's like a year and a half old by yeah. now but no i didn't I, I didn't see that i'm gonna look at that i love stuff like that i did Me see too. on tiktok uh hashtag a fight prank you ever have you seen that no where parents are telling their kids 
hey, put your shoes on. I'm going to fight this other parent outside, and they got a kid your, just your age. And if, if she starts to attack me, you have to attack the kid. <laughs> and some kids are like, no, what? no. And there's this one little boy that's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Some kids are like, let's do it. And, yeah, of course, others are, like, scared. Are we talking so bare knuckles or are we burning in gloves? Yeah, What's one the deal? kid's like, today? <laughs> yeah, right. They're coming right now. Are we allowed eyes. to kick yeah. and bite? She's like, you're in Taekwondo, so you can, you can fight for me. And he, his eyes just get huge. He's like, they're like right now? Right now? Like, yeah, take your Crocs off and let's fight. <laughs> they start trying to do John Cena moves. Absolutely. But... <laughs> A lot of fighting, <laughs> fighting knowledge is from WWE. <laughs> I learned all my stuff from WWE. Hey, the, no joke. If I was six or seven and in that spot, I'm probably trying to put kids in sleeper holes. Absolutely. But you're like, why aren't they? Why aren't they getting knocked out? <laughs> that was my thing when I was a kid. I'd put somebody in a sleeper hole and like, why aren't they falling asleep? I don't understand. Like, I'm just not doing it right. And my mom was like, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Do not put anyone in a sleeper hole ever. That's the thing. A, a wrestling move, like a WWE wrestling move or an AEW wrestling move, is kind of dangerous in real life. You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> like coming off the top rope on somebody's ass? Oh, my God. No. Uh-uh. Don't do that. Don't do that. I don't know if uh, Tyree Kill, if uh, his <laughs> latest comments are fighting words. Um, boy. Uh. So he's back at it with his podcast, and uh, man, he, he's he's pretty confident right hey, now. The Miami at me. Dolphins. Look at me. Well, that's what Patrick Mahomes said, right? He's like, maybe these comments, you know, he's just trying to get people to listen to his podcast. You know mm-hmm. what? You know, maybe not the worst take, um, but I don't know if it's one hundred percent. But what he did say last month was uh, <laughs> Tyreek Hill. He said he received death threats after saying that uh, Tua Tungavailoa is his go-to guy over Patrick Mahomes, which is. Uh, I mean, it's interesting in his own right, but I don't blame him for standing up with his current quarterback. I'm not going to blame him for that. But even went as far to say that uh, he implied that Tua Tungavailoa is a more accurate passer than Patrick Mahomes. Well, if you look at the numbers, uh, it's actually true. Tua Tungavailoa over his career, 66.2 percentage when it comes to passes completed. Patrick Mahomes, 66.1%. Whoa. Yes, I know. Mm. I know. Yeah, I've been, I I've been on my Twitter, uh, the Tuanon Twitter page. They've been really <laughs> going at it and showing people that it's basically the same person, uh, Tua Tungavailoa and, and, and Pat Mahomes. Well, the <laughs> the latest comments was Tyreek Hill you know, talking about Mike McDaniel, who's going to be calling the plays. Said Andy Reid's great, but this McDaniel guy, he's crazy. He dials up plays and... Play call timing, just crazy. Yeah. But then went on to say the 2019 Chiefs. He sees the Miami Dolphins comparable to the 2019 Chiefs Mm. when it comes to the power of its offense. Yeah. Yeah. Does not anybody not see that as crazy as I do? No, it, it's I, I think it's uh, it's crazy how similar they really they look. I mean. You know, we got. Uh, you know, Tyreek. we haven't we haven't seen Tyreek Hill on the field yet with <laughs> Tua Tungavailoa. Tyreek and Tyreek, right? That's a that's a squash right there. You know, that's a scratch right there. Then you got uh, Mike Kosicki and Travis Kelsey. That's another. They're just the same guy. You know what I'm saying? Different jerseys. Um, and then you got. I will say this. Um, 
the the Chiefs had a bunch of like like guys at running back, and so the the Dolphins. The Dolphins just have like thirty guys. Yeah, they did stock up on running backs, <laughs> but like, you know guys. what? They also kind of that way at quarterback. Yeah, because the backup is Teddy Bridgewater. The third string is now is going to be Skylar Thompson. For sure. So they so kind of have this small arsenal. One Skylar plus a Teddy Bridgewater plus a Tua Tagovailoa that does equal like a half of Pat Mahomes. Well, they had to stock up because, I mean, all their quarterbacks are kind of injury-prone, aren't they not? (laughs) Sorry, Skyler. I'm sorry. That was a little far. I... A, uh, a Skyler, uh, that that was Mitch. Just yeah, remember that. It felt like that was low-hanging fruit. Oh. Man, back that bus up. I know. He I felt bad as soon as I said it. All of a sudden, Mitch is just tearing <laughs> holes in his career. Oh, my God. No, what is with these the, the, the podcast and these guys thinking, I can say whatever I want? Or do you think he says it because he's like, uh, he's like super slick, and he's like, I need listeners for my podcast. So oh, it's it it's the I need listeners, and I'm going to pose. Yeah. True, well, but true. look I mean, at me, look at me, look at me. There's hot takes, and then just being straight crazy, thinking the the this year's Dolphins team can be more dynamic offensively than the 2019 Chiefs. The Chiefs that end up winning the Super Bowl, of course, on, that went man. 12 and four. Who aver- now last year's Dolphins? I mean, statistically, <sighs> offensively, when it came to yards per game, was like bottom third. Of the NFL, I, I mean, Tyreek Hill's really good, but at, at tight end, they're going to have nothing close to Travis no, Kelsey. Oh, no. Not even close. Ugh. And Patrick Mahomes, Tua Tonga of Iowa cannot touch him. I mean, nah. Patrick Mahomes, his, I mean, the best offense actually was 2018 yeah. for the Kansas City Chiefs, and that was the first time that we saw uh, Patrick Mahomes at, uh, at full time. Hour two of the game. Yeah, Tyreek Hill is crazy. Cheetah. <laughs> Running his mouth these days, you know. Uh, Coming up, hour number two, what we expect from Big 12 Media Days, plus Rudy Darrow, new pitching coach for the Cats. But right now, your local news.